Welcome to Now's the Time, the MWBA podcast. The MWBA is the first of its kind celebration of women in sport in Atlantic Canada and the entire country. Tipping off this spring, female basketball players over 19 will fill rosters within six teams based out of New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. The league will provide a valuable new space for elite athletes to pursue their basketball dreams at a competitive level and propel players, coaches, officials, minor officials, and team executives into the future. Teams participating in the inaugural 2022 season include the Moncton Mystics, Port City Fog, Fredericton Freeze, Halifax Thunder, Halifax Hornets, and the Windsor Edge. Welcome to the pod. (laughs) Hi, Haley. What's up, Ellen? (laughs) We're in the studio today to talk about the MWBA. Um, I'm Haley McDonald. I played four years at Acadia University and then went on to play professional basketball in Germany for six months. Currently, I am studying. My name is Ellen. Uh, I played at Acadia for four years with my teammate Haley. Um, I currently work with Sports and Entertainment Atlantic as their manager of event services. We do a lot of different things, and we have the opportunity uh, right now to work with the MWB on sponsorship. So I'm also connected to the league as a player for the Halifax Thunder, and then also through my job as well, which is really cool. I play basketball because I have a passion for it. Um, Some people, you know, they go, they crochet, say, or they, (laughs) you know, have other passions, that type of stuff. I am so passionate about basketball. Um, It's something that I, when I was younger, I used to be self-conscious about it, but now it's something I own and it's something that brings me a lot of empowerment for sure. And it's something I'm very passionate about. So I play basketball because it's super fun and I don't know what I would do if I didn't play basketball. Uh, And I play basketball because as Haley said, I don't know what I would do without it. Uh, It shaped me into the person I am today. My experiences through basketball, uh, it showed me how to persevere. It showed me how to be a good teammate, a good friend, um, a good daughter, a good professional. We love basketball. basketball. So the MWBA is the new Women's Maritime Basketball Association. It's a league that's starting up around mid-May. It's kind of a place for um, retired players to play and kind of the up-and-coming kids to play as well. The idea is that it gives, it shines light on the social justice pillars, um, playing after even motherhood, things like this. And it's really a, it's a really big Um, jumping off point for a lot of Nova Scotia sports and even women's sports in Canada just because there's never been a league like this before. And why do we get to talk about it? I'm not sure why we were chosen, (laughs) honestly. Um, But we're playing in it. We're playing in it. We're two past players that played for Acadia. Um, Really good friends too. And I think all those types of things make it extra exciting. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm excited. And as you said, like, it's going to be for everybody after they finish university basketball, but also during university basketball as well. So it's going to give those girls an opportunity to play in the summertime, which is something that for basketball athletes in Atlantic Canada, there's not really anything like that. And then also, as you said, for all of the people who are retired or finished at university and maybe don't go pro but want to pursue a career in other avenues um, but still want to play the game at a high level, it's going to be an awesome opportunity for everybody. Yeah, and just the idea of like calling someone retired after the age of about 22, <laughs> yeah. 23, like that's pretty crazy to think about. And this is really the only opportunity that you really get other than if you go and play pro over in, in Europe. So And realistically too, like I think it's 27 when you peak for basketball. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Some of us haven't even like reached, reached the ceiling yet. <laughs> We're still on our way. Well, that's true. Like when you graduate at, at the end of, what is it, like a fifth year, you have so much better... 
your abilities are so much better in regards to like making better decisions, your confidence, all that sort of stuff. Like you really are peaking as you're leaving university. So to not have a space to go and play is, is, uh, I guess a disappointment because you, you really are at your peak level and there's so much more opportunity for you to grow from that as well. Exactly. And I was at an open gym actually on Sunday for the league for uh, the Halifax Hornets. And the girls were kind of talking about how when we come to this, I guess in this case it was an open gym, but when we actually come to our teams during during the league, um, it's such a big mesh. And it's like all these basketball IQs that you didn't really get a chance to play with in, in university. And now everyone kind of understands the game a little bit more. A lot of people continue to coach after they play just to try to stay involved with the sport. And once you kind of have that coaching experience, the game comes so much easier, I find anyway. And yeah. Just even scrimmaging, the flow, there's down screens, there's double down screens, people are curling, popping, lots of talk. Everyone has this high expectation for themselves and they, they kind of want to lift everyone up with them when we play in those open gyms. So yeah, that was I think really one cool of my favorite things about uh, having all these different age groups that are in this the MWBA is that you get to play with people that maybe you looked up to when you were younger. Um, so for anybody listening, if you're familiar with Justine Cauley, um, superstar at SMU back when she played, like it's been amazing playing with her at some of the open gyms um, and just having the opportunity to play with people who you may have never had the chance to play with before and seeing how your game and their game meshes um, and works together at the same time. Time. And I know for like some girls who have looked up to you when you played at Acadia, um, they'll be coming in in two years time into this league and it'll be really exciting for them to have the opportunity to play with you as well. Yeah, I mean, and I you I go back to Justine Colley. I was in middle school when Justine was at the height of her university time um, and just watching her. I went to a SMU camp over one March break and she was there and I was she was better than any NBA player I knew. I was more excited to see her and I would have lined up to see her instead of anyone else. So it's going to be really exciting to kind of see that representation trickle down through the communities, especially in Halifax. But I think we're going to see people traveling from Cape Breton to come to the games, people from Truro coming. Just the buzz around the league right now is so big. I think we're going to have so many people from all over the Maritimes coming to watch. Yeah. And what do you think, like, we've talked about it giving a space for women to play after university or during university in the summertime. But what do you think outside of that? Why is the league so important to all of us as players? Right. So when I was over in Germany, um, they actually play for life over there. And like the West, when I refer to the West world, I'm kind of referring to North America. Um, but over on the East side, um, they play for so long. I played on a second league team and I had girls that were 15 years old playing on my team. And then I also had girls that were 35 on my team. And they finish and this is like, they're still working. They work five days a week and then they come and they play practice two times, two times a week. And then we play on the weekends. And that's not something that we have here. These people are playing for their life. They have leagues that are only meant for 50 and over, 40 years and over. They have first league, second team, third league, fourth league. Um, they have so many different places to play. It really encompasses every type of skill level you can imagine. So those that just want to play for fun, which when you really think about sports, that's why we're all playing is just for fun. Um, they have a representation for everyone over there. And here, like we mentioned, you get to the age of 22 and you don't have a place to play. Summer ball ends after age 17 for a lot of people. We have our provincial team with the exception of this year that goes up until you 17. And then after that, there's nowhere to go and nowhere to play. And I think that's that's kind of sad. I mean, there's other leagues. There's the Melba League, Mount St. Vincent used to put on a great league. But even those weren't 
they were competitive and, you know, it's great to have current university players and stuff like that. But you get a few people that haven't played since grade seven or grade eight, and that's not really the league for them. Those two different competitive attitudes don't really mesh well. So I think this is a great place to have that competitive outlet for a lot of different players. Yeah, exactly. I also think too, like for the younger generations, as we've talked about, like it's really fun to be able to play with people that you looked up to, but for all the young girls and boys that are are watching sports and that might come out to MWBA games, it gives them the opportunity to see these women um, empowered and who are moms and um, professional, young professionals who do really good at their careers and all this sort of stuff. And they get to see them in this light of competitive basketball as well. And it gives all these little kids an opportunity to look up to um, these women's these women in the sphere outside of just like university sports. So it's not that like your career ends after university sport. Right. There's still stuff beyond that and that you can continue to play the game. Um, and it just gives us like, as you've mentioned before, representation because, but I don't think that um, we have the opportunity. I don't think a lot of people have the opportunity to watch women's sports a lot. Like I know most people outside of the Olympics probably wouldn't tune into a woman's game or something like that. So to have within Atlantic Canada the opportunity where we're showcasing these women playing sports, showing it at a competitive level and keeping it so that like we have our uh, university season, but then we keep that kind of rolling with this league in the summertime as well. Because I know when we played at Acadia, like people love to come out to our games. And although it's like a small knit community, like people love to come and watch women's basketball. Um, So I think that's a super important piece is that we're continuing to showcase that representation like all year round and continuing to kind of build rapport about um, women's basketball and just women's sport in general so that we're gaining interest around the subject so that it can lead into other things, other leagues, whether it's a hockey league or a soccer league for women at this competitive level that makes people want to come and watch. Right. Yeah. And if you think about when we played in AUS finals and semifinals and even just at the Scotiabank Centre, the community is here. We have enough people in Halifax area to support something like this. It's just going to be if the community decides to come out when the AUS final isn't on the line. Yeah. These are league games. They're not necessarily, we're not, it's not a big for a big championship every single week. And that's not really how sports work. Mm-hmm. So it will be great to see. And I really do think that we have the support of people coming out every single week to yeah. all the different locations, to the Halifax Hornets gym, Halifax Thunders gym. People are coming in up, going to Windsor to watch the Windsor, Windsor Edge play. And even I'm sure we'll have all the same representation in New Brunswick. Fredericton is just a bomb right now for basketball. They they have so many great men's and women's high school teams. And even UMB always produces such wonderful players. So I do think that we have the support. It's just going to be if if we decide to show up and if our sponsors also decide to to really support us as well. Yeah. Um yeah, and just going back to like little kids looking up to these players as well. Like I remember as a, a little kid, and I don't know if you feel the same way. I know you had um, some other female role models that you kind of looked up to as you grew up and playing basketball and stuff. But I really personally never had any female sport idols looking up as I grew up. It was always just kind of within my inner circle where I played on female teams and whatnot. But I never uh, was exposed, I guess, to those female athletes that like when I look at my personal Instagram feed and stuff now, it's just literally like female athletes and there's just so much more content that I receive and look at that is inspiring to me and that I look up to all these athletes as role models and as people and as young professionals and stuff like that but I just remember being a kid and none of those people were on my radar and I just one think it's awesome how much like more exposure female athletes have now but also how much further we still have to go to ensure that we maintain kind of that trajectory. Right yeah and you think about um 
like I, I had those role models, like you mentioned growing up. I, I, I live five minutes from Acadia University, so I, I was going to those games from about grade six on. However, it's great to see female athletes and I love to see them. But for me, it was really hard to understand that I could be a really good athlete. I could have a rewarding career. And if I wanted to in the future, I could have a family as well. And it's really hard. A lot of people think, you know, women can only have one of those or maybe two of those. They can't have it all. Um, But I think this league is going to show that you can have it all. And it's like, there's, you mentioned it before, there's lawyers, there's doctors, there's social media people. Um, so many different career styles are going to be represented in the league also. And I think not that it's like a career fair by any (laughs) means, um, but I think that's also something to look at. And, you know, we're going to have moms tending to their children on the sidelines and then jumping into the game. And I think that's something that's really important too, seeing that representation and being able to know that when you get older, you can continue to do the things that you love while also taking care of your family, which hasn't been seen yet. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Uh, like the league isn't just going to showcase basketball players. It's going to showcase women that are leaders both on the court and also within their community, whether it's through their jobs, whether through it's through their volunteer services, whether it's through them being an awesome mom to their family, yeah. stuff like that. Like it's going to showcase, yeah, not just all these women's leadership qualities on the court, but also off the court as well. Right. Which, like we mentioned, you don't play sports forever. So I think those qualities are almost more important than yeah. the ones that we're going to see on the court. And that was a really important like realization for myself is that when I graduated from Acadia, you graduate and basketball is your identity. Being an athlete exactly. is your identity. And then it's completely gone and you just go into like two years of having no idea who you are. And so having a league like this provides the opportunity to showcase that you can still play at a competitive level, have a, that team team atmosphere surround you, but you can also pursue that career that you want to pursue. Yeah. It kind of mitigates almost the effects of cold turkey of sports, (laughs) which is nice. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a good point. Basketball Nova Scotia is launching a revolutionary outdoor 3x3 league played on open community courts across the province. Once you sign up, you can schedule your games at your own preferred time. There are divisions for all skill sets, from under 12 right up to adults for all genders. This innovative summer league ends with a provincial championship festival where the top teams compete for gold. Team packages include jerseys, a new ball, Bluetooth speaker, really anything you need to play your game at your favorite community courts. This is the new 3x3 Scotia League because Nova Scotia is a baller's playground. Visit basketballnovascotia.ca for details. What do you think um, for the MWBA? How do you think, uh, because mental health has been a huge piece in um, recent years and we have a lot more advocacy for it and stuff like that. How do you think the league would help in regards to just uh, in general women's mental health and why that's so important for uh, these women, these these moms to continue to play uh, for their mental health? Yeah, I think when you think of mental health and stuff like that, mental health is all the time. It's not during a mental health crisis. It's not when you're feeling the best. Everyone has mental health 24-7 all the time. So for me anyway, I'm in the Valley right now and I'm, I'm studying a lot. And when I'm able to just come in for an open gym even, that's something I look forward to all week. It's something that once I get there, I want to continue to do it as long as I can. It gives me a clear mind, um, an outlet even. And it just kind of puts a lot of things in, into perspective for two hours in this case, two hours of your entire week, you get to leave everything at the door, 
Um, for me, it's not kids, but for some people, it will be kids, careers, all those things. They get to leave that at the door and they get to come and compete for two hours. So, yeah, I do think it's important, especially with the the recent suicide of Katie Myers or alleged suicide, sorry, um, from Stanford. She was the captain of their team and she recently, um, they believe, suicide attempts kind of took her life. And I think that's that's she was 22 years old. Like that's younger than both of us. Uh, she's the captain of the Stanford women's soccer team. From the outside, it really does look like she would have had it all. Um, and that just goes to show you that you never know what's going on in someone's life. And I think this league, we're going to be able to build these connections, these support systems. Um, a team, we know it from the past, a team doesn't prevent mental health crises or anything like that. But it definitely, uh, if you have those people that you can reach out to and stuff like that, we hope that it would kind of lessen those effects as much as it can. Um, do you have any comments on mental health, Ellen? Let me know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, like thinking back to our time at university and stuff, obviously mental health was something that went through athletics and we saw it firsthand uh, a lot of times. Um, but just kind of, as you said, remembering when you get into the gym, how you just drop everything and how those people, once you're inside the gym, like they protect you, that's your family, that's your team. Uh, and I think the MWBA provides that opportunity to build that at an older age. So we yeah. had that in university, like that was our team. They always were going to have your back, whether it was on the court or off the court, whether or not you were the best of friends outside of the basketball exactly. court, everybody was still going to have your back on mental health issues. And as long as you talked about it and people were made aware of it, they were able to help. So I think in the sphere of the MWBA, be able to forge those relationships again and providing all of these women kind of with that support system as well, whether it's players, whether it's coaches. Um, and again, as long as people know and you talk about it, hopefully we're able to to help people um, once they do do talk about it. But yeah, I think, as you said, also like just being physically active and providing women the space right. to be physically active really helps a lot with that as well. Just to build on your comment about like when you go into the gym, you know, your team protects you. You made that comment. Um, right. Like this league, all the teams are formed with people from all different university teams. There's some personal rivalries that we're going to see in this league and even people, personal rival rivalries that they would have had back in university, but now they're on the same team. Mm -hmm. So like being able to have that support and have each other's back and know that there's like a greater, greater picture to it all, I think is a great yeah, I think that's what's aspect. so special about sport in general is that the minute that you step on the court wearing the same jersey, like whether or not you were arch rivals outside of that or on opposing teams, like you're together. If you're rolling together when you have that same jersey on and you're both headed towards the same goal. Um, so it's just, yeah, I think that's the power of sport is that when you're on the same team and sportsmanship is important with the other team as well. <laughs> but like when you're on the same team, you're rolling together and it doesn't really matter what happened outside the court. Like you're, you're rolling together and you you will protect your teammate no matter um, if you were rivals off the court. Exactly, yeah. Ways. So that's like, yeah, something that's super special about it as well is just the opportunity for all these women to forge these different relationships as well. Um, yeah, it's what makes it really special. I'm so excited. Wow. And just doing this podcast even is getting me <laughs> more and more excited. <laughs> Maybe, Hales, we could talk about how women's sport and women's leagues come to be uh, in comparison to men's leagues. Right, yes. So uh, as Haley mentioned at the beginning of this, we both will be playing, and I'm not sure if you mentioned what teams we'll be playing for. 
but we'll be playing for the Halifax to Thunder. be determined. <laughs> no. TBD. Okay, maybe cut that out if Haley's not sure about. Which no, team we're playing for Halifax Thunder. We're playing for Halifax Thunder. So we're both playing for Halifax Thunder. But what's been really interesting for me is I also get to work on the sponsorship side of things for the MWBA as a league. So I Ellen is a businesswoman. I yes, want everyone I'm to hear a, that she's playing in the league and she's also <laughs> a businesswoman. Uh, so I work with Sports and Entertainment Atlantic, and uh, we've been helping out with the sponsorship for the MWBA, and it's been really interesting to see kind of how we need to present the league in order to achieve sponsorship. Right. So in my mind, and again, I don't really have any um, previous knowledge in how men's leagues come to be, uh, but in my mind, it's a lot of based on like skill and how many viewers you can get. And it's based on entertainment, I guess, a little bit. Right. Whereas when we've had to present the MWBA as a league, there's an overarching theme that's empowering women, getting women playing sport, showing that women play right. competitive sport, let's empower women. Overarching Yay. idea of MWBA. Then underneath that, the league has decided to put on four social justice pillars. Uh, so we have anti-black racism, anti-indigenous racism, two plus LGBTQS, and preventing violence against women. Nice. Um, so those are the four pillars uh, below kind of that overarching fifth pillar of that the league is really just about empowering women and getting women to continue playing sport um, after the university career and during as well. Uh, so with those pillars, super important pillars, but what happened, I think, a little bit with when we look for sponsorship is it's important that the league kind of has all these other dimensions and pieces to it. Whereas in men's sport, I find oftentimes it's really just about entertainment. But for women's sports, we, in order to get them kind of the uh, the look that we want to have at them, right. we need to incorporate all these other important pieces and aspects to it because it isn't just about uh, the performance of the women or the entertainment of coming to watch them play. There has to be these other aspects to it, which all these aspects are really, really important. And don't get me wrong, but I just find it really interesting to to compare the two as to how much more we need to add to women's sport to get visibility right. around it. And once again, it's an overarching theme of women and da-da-da-da-da instead of just men's sports. Yeah. It's women's sports and all of these extra things. Yeah. Which and, is And those, all those things are really important as well. Like, of course. As I said, don't get me wrong, but it's just that comparison is really visible because we have to do a lot more to get that visibility around women's sports. Right. And we don't even... Obviously, we hope that the people that come out love to play women's sports, but the people that are hesitant are the ones that haven't really seen women's sports before. Yeah. Um, you know, the broadcasting of different types of games and sports is getting it's getting better, yeah. um, but it's not really there yet. And there still is a lot of people that don't really even know what women's sport is about. They just assume women can't dunk. Which oh, isn't, Haley, which is false to begin that. with. <laughs> women can't dunk, so I'm not going to watch it. It's not entertaining, which... I mean, we could have a whole nother episode on why women's sport is equal, like if not better than men's challenge, sport. Not challenge people, but I think I was telling Jewel this the other day. But if you go onto a sports center like Facebook post, and I know that I should never go into those things, <laughs> but if you go and like read on it, it'll be like a post about men, and then it, they start to comment about women's sport and just how terrible it is. It has nothing to do with the post, but just in general, like the comments and perceptions that people still have around women's sport like sport and I know Facebook is not a great uh, <laughs> pool to look from uh, but literally if you go anywhere like 
you will see that. And it, it just, it makes me so angry. Like it boils my blood to think that like these people still think, think and feel this way about women's sport and women in general. I know the other day I was looking at um, an International Women's Day post that the Canadian Armed Forces put out and they Mm -hmm. were showcasing all of the women that do awesome jobs in um, the Canadian Armed Forces. And just like the comments again just started rolling in about just how they weren't qualified to do those jobs or how they shouldn't be in those positions and all this sort of stuff. Uh, And so it's really inspiring to know that we have leagues like the MWBA and all this visibility around women, but there's still so much more work that we continue and need to do and advocacy that needs to happen in order to change people's perspective because there's just so much bias and subconscious bias that's that's just written into our history. And like I would argue that you don't even want those people that are making those comments involved in women's sport. Like you literally oh, don't yeah. even want them near us. Yeah. But also like But it's just like those people so have kids people and like then that. those kids have kids and like it just like it's yeah. this and stupid it, like <laughs> sprinkle down of more stupidness that these people have and I just don't Yeah, I agree with that. That's and I think crazy. Uh, that it's really important when we're talking about the league and how it's inspiring young girls, that it's also there to inspire young boys as well. So when boys see women in these positions of competitive basketball and these professional lives as moms and see just like what superheroes they are, um, it's also working to change those kind of subconscious bias around uh, women in sport, women in the workplace, um, and just work... Yeah, it's showing them that women can be empowered in these positions as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, we talk a lot about showing representation for young girls, and obviously that is one of the goals here. But like you said, young young boys as well, That that's a big, a big plus, would be a big benefit as well. My general idea of where I'd love to see the league go would be to be something like almost like the CBL, so what the yeah. men have, and have it go across Canada. So... Uh, like the league is just in the Maritimes currently, but realistically across the country, like there is no league like this yet. There's no place for various university uh, women to go play afterwards. There's maybe like spring leagues and lower level leagues and stuff like that across the country, but there really is no, hasn't been a push like the MWBA for women's sports quite yet. So in five years, I would love to see it where there's teams across Canada. Um, There's different divisions with it. Because currently right now we've had, I know at our Thunder tryout, we had somebody fly, two people fly down from Ontario to come play because that's how serious they were about wanting to continue to play basketball Um, and, yeah, wanting to continue on because there wasn't anything like that in Ontario for them. So that just shows how dedicated players are to wanting to lift this league up is that they're literally traveling from the middle of the country to come play the league and willing to move for the summer as well. And in five years too, you know, I hope to see, it's not all, it's not always about money. Obviously that's not why we're here. That's not why we're doing this. Um, But some type of compensation for playing, I think would be nice to see even accommodations for players that choose to go elsewhere. A draft format would be really cool. Um, There's so many talented players coming out of university every single year. Um, I'm not sure if it's just because I've been keeping up with it more, but it seems like more players are starting to kind of go professionally. We're seeing people go to Australia. Haley Nickerson from Munn went to, she's going to Australia, was in Ireland recently. Ooh, way to go Haley. Ooh, shout out. Shout out to Haley Nickerson. (laughs) Um, You know, there's a lot of girls from out in Can West that tend to go as well. So 
having a place and this what's great about this league also is the timing the timing is the off season for those types of leagues it's the off season for university sports which we already talked about it's the off season for professional leagues um it's starting to gear up into the WNBA season as well um so just seeing a draft seeing more players being able to stay close mm-hmm. to home would be really nice i know if i had the opportunity to stay close to home when i was playing professionally that's what i would have chosen to do yeah um so yeah, I think just kind of seeing the expansion that we talked about, maybe a draft format, accommodation, stuff like that. If you think about the people that are coming from Ontario to play in the league this year, they're like theoretically giving up a job probably to come. Yeah. Uh, I'm like if they're coming from Ontario, they probably are keeping a rent in Ontario Why they come here. Yeah finding more accommodations here, all that type of stuff is all a financial burden. And we're trying to get women involved. We want them to come, but they can't really come and get involved if it's also sacrificing a lot of other aspects of their life also. So I think having that support in place for women in a few years would be awesome. I also think um, just from a bit like a business perspective of the league and whatnot, I'd love to see it grow into something where it's really marketed well so Mm. when I look at the CBL like they're marketing those guys like they're NBA players right now like it's awesome like I'm intrigued by their graphics and the way that they present themselves as franchises and stuff like that Um, and so although like the MWBA currently is really in its infancy I think there's opportunity for it to grow and just like add to that that piece of entertainment and to capture a broader audience Um, so like in five years times I would love to see kind of the marketing around the league relate closer to, to yeah. where the CEBL is as well. And if we could almost um, almost accelerate our process, I know it's women's in sports, so it's going to take friggin' twice as long as anything <laughs> that any of the guys do. But eventually, if we could almost become parallel with that league as well, mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, have, I know that there, there's like the Hamilton team and stuff like that, have a women's Hamilton team and just go right parallel with them. Yeah. And I think that just having a league that is parallel shows equality. It shows that people people are interested and having the double headers, those types of things, I think would really yeah. help as well. No, absolutely. I agree with that. And yeah, it adds for like a bit of cross promotion too. So mm. if you have two teams, um, a men's and women's, uh, like you said, in Hamilton or something like that, it allows for cross promotion between um, both leagues and again, raising kind of those uh, attendance levels as well. Yeah. And I mean, I look at there's something, it's great women supporting women, love that, um, but we also need men to support women and we need those players in those types of leagues to kind of speak out about our league as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of other people on the MWA founding kind of committee almost that, you know, they are men and it's awesome that men are trying to support women and pull us up with them. We love that. Um, but yeah, I think seeing some some men's players, I think actually show support towards the league, I think would be really beneficial. We haven't really yeah. seen that yet, but... I challenge any any men listening, please support our league. I think that's a really important piece too is that I'm not sure if we've talked about it yet, but just the people who are behind the league and how right. they've how they supported it. So whether that be kind of so Brad Jane's idea of this league in its infancy um, to where we are now where we're we're making beers with Garrison um, and having collaborative brews with Garrison. Like that's, it's amazing that it just started kind of on this like napkin idea from Brad and it's grown into this and he's been able to to tag people along like Tasia McKenna and Leslie States as commissioner and um, vice commissioner and just like how supportive everybody has been and how kind of keen and just like 
they fully jumped into the league and want to be a part of it and want to make it a success. And um, we had our, our launch yesterday for the Garrison Beer. Ooh. So that's the courtside brew and it's available in your local NSLC. Um, but we had that yesterday and it kind of made everything feel real that like this is going to be a league and there's sponsors that have, are, are backing it. So we've got sponsors like Royal Tissue and Medivia's league founding partners. Um, we have Steel Auto Group and Dairy Farmers of Canada that are team founding. We have MBS Radio that's hopped on boarding as a sport supporting sponsor Eastlink, who's going to be broadcasting the championship weekend. Um, and then Garrison with this brew as well, uh, uh, and Cox and Palmer as well as the, the legal sponsor, but just how invested all these sponsors are, um, with the league and how they want to see it succeed and how interested they are in, in growing, uh, women's sport and specifically in the Maritimes, but eventually with the idea of being across Canada. I know, um, Wayne McDonald yesterday at the, at the event at Garrison mentioned in his comment that the reason that Irving really wanted to get involved was because they saw this as something like five years down the road, people asking like, where did that start? And the idea that like, we can say it started in Atlantic Canada in the Maritimes and like it grew to be this huge thing for women in sport across Canada. So when we talk about that five-year dream, like even our sponsors are on that same path that in five years time, like this is going to be something bigger than just Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. It's going to be much bigger than that. So if you'd like to support the MWBA further, you could visit their website at themwba.ca. This call to action also is for anyone that wants to play. Yeah. If you're interested absolutely. in playing, absolutely reach out to one of the franchises. But also coaching or being oh, yeah. a part of the league in any way, shape, or form, then we'd love to have you as part of the team. To learn more about the MWBA, check out themwba.ca, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This has been a Podstarter production. production.